0: Good day, fellow pilot friends. Hope all is well. This is Fritzi, your host, pilot friend, and certified flight instructor. First of all, I want to wish all of my listeners a happy holiday season. It's hard to believe that we are in December and the holiday is just around the corner. Today, I would like to cover emergencies. This is something that we don't practice enough. We don't think about it, but when it happens, then we are surprised and we don't know what to do with it. Aviate, navigate, communicate, right? Going back to those basic principles that if an emergency arises and you're faced with an emergency in flight, aviate, your number one priority is fly the airplane. Nobody will fly for you. Once you have the airplane under control and you pass that initial shock of emergency, follow the recommended procedures and a certain flow. You may or may not have time to grab the emergency checklist. So you need to be familiar with the airplane. What are the first few steps in an emergency? The other thing uh, you have to do is classify the emergency before you act. So when something happens, don't immediately just react to it. First of all, classify, say, is this an annoyance? I call it annoyance that, hey, you know, it's annoying, but I can continue the flight and the safety of the flight and the safety of my passengers is obviously number one most important. The second level of um, classification is urgency. And that urgency may be that a malfunction or a condition exists and if you don't take action it could elevate and become a true emergency so it needs your immediate attention but you have time to think through of what your next steps are and the third level of classification is uh, the true emergency and that's something where you don't have time to grab an emergency list. You don't have time to spend five minutes on a checklist. You need to take immediate action. And if you don't take immediate action, something bad could happen. So let me give you three different uh, examples for these classification. So for the first one, for the annoyance, one good example is let's say you have an exhaust temperature probe and it malfunctions. So it could be showing, let's say 1500 degrees and all of a sudden it drops to zero and that could freak you out for a second because you you may notice that oh my gosh did one of my cylinders drop or dead or is the engine is going to die on me but if you quickly observe the rest of your instruments and the engine you will notice that you can continue the flight if A EGT probe goes bad. You immediately would look at oil pressure, making sure that you still have good oil pressure. The engine is running good. It's producing full power. When something like that happens, it is annoying, right? Because it scares you a little bit and you don't see the probe and the actual temperature for the specific cylinder, but you can actually complete your flight. And this scenario actually happened to me flying with a friend of mine in our Piper Malibu. Right after departure, my turbo inlet temperature probe just gave up on me. And my TIT was right around 1400 Fahrenheit and within seconds, it just boom, dropped to zero and that got my attention. I freaked out for a second and I immediately turned back toward the airport in case my engine dies, then I can complete an emergency landing. As I turned back toward the airport. I start going through my mental checklist and I'm like, oil pressure is good. The rest of the engine instruments are looking good. Engines producing full power. I have good manifold. I have good RPM. So after for about a 10, 15 second uh, analysis, I decided that this was just an annoyance and then I turned back on course and we completed a two and a half hour cross country flight with no issues. Okay, the other example where it is is an urgency and you do need to take action. So this is a, a great example is you fly into icing. And when you fly into icing, you immediately need to take action. Do not camp out in icing. First of all, most of our general aviation aircraft like our Cessnas and Pipers we fly, they're not certified to fly into known ice. And even if you fly with an airplane, like a Piper Malibu that has uh, a full FICI, the ice capabilities, do not camp out in ice. So if something like that happens and you see that you're picking up ice, do not panic. Think through about what actions you have, what de ice capabilities you have on your airplane, for example, you can turn on the pilot heat. For example, you can turn on your alternate air. For example, you can pull on, if it's a carbureted engine, the car on. If you encounter icing, take the appropriate steps. As I mentioned uh, a few seconds ago, then make a 180 or make sure that as you plan for your flight, you have uh, different options, right? So if you're flying through a thin layer, make sure that if you get below, you can get out of icing or you climb on top, you get out of icing. Or if you're flying through a thick layer of clouds and you know that the temperatures are better lower and above freezing, make sure you descend. Once you reach, call it 40 degrees Fahrenheit, then you should not be picking up icing. So, those are the three classification of emergencies. Now, let's talk about the two emergencies that can occur. And it's very, very dangerous. And we don't really think a whole lot about it. And Let me start with this. What is the pilot's best friend? Two things, and I mentioned this in previous episodes, airspeed and altitude. So pilot's best friend is airspeed and altitude. Now think about what phases of the flight you don't have either one or both of them. So when we are close to the ground, this could be a takeoff or a landing. Uh, you don't have airspeed cause you're slowing the airplane down from your cruise airspeed down into pattern airspeed. And you don't have altitude cause you're going to be close to the ground, you're know, on takeoff, obviously you on the ground. And then when you're coming into landing, uh, generally speaking, you're about a thousand feet above the ground at pattern altitude. So those are two really important. And what I would categorize probably the most dangerous phases of the flight takeoff and landings. So let's cover the takeoff first. When you are taking off, I can guarantee that 9 out of 10 pilots do not do a abort the plan briefing or what happens if you lose the engine on takeoff. So for example, uh, this is how I brief when I fly. So before I take the runway, I'm going to brief myself. Even if I'm the only one sitting in the aircraft, I'm speaking out loud and briefing myself. So here it goes. When we take the runway, I'm going to hold the brake. I'm going to add full power. I'm going to check the RPN and a manifold. Make sure all engine instruments are green. I release the brake and accelerate. I will call out manifold good. RPM good airspeed alive in my airplane. By the time I reach the 1000 feet marker, I need to be at 60 knots of airspeed. If I don't, which means the engine is not producing full power. I immediately pull power back to idle and stop on the runway. If the engine is producing full power, 60 knots at the 1000 feet mark, we will continue to accelerate and then we are going to take off and pull back right around 80 knots. As I call out positive rate of climb, our landing gear comes up, and once we are above 95 knots, my flaps come up and clean up the aircraft. We will climb out up until 500 feet AGL before we make a turn out. If the engine uh, quits, uh, once we are in the air, I'm going to push forward and pitch for best glide airspeed, which is 90 knots in my aircraft. And we will land straight ahead or to the side. We will need approximately 2,500 feet AGL before we would attempt a turnaround, also called the impossible turn and which is very dangerous. So here we go. There is a pre-takeoff or a border plan briefing that I go through every single time I take the runway. Okay. Now, let's pivot and let's say we are coming into landing. We are five minutes out and we are getting ready for land. We did our descent checklist. We did our pre-landing checklist and coming into the pattern. This is how I'm briefing myself. I want to be at 22 inches of manifold and 1,000 feet above the ground as I join the downwind, generally speaking, the downwind. Once I'm in the downwind and I reach a beam a point, our landing gear goes down, flaps come down. Power back to 17 inches of manifold, and I trim it. I'm looking for about 115 knots of airspeed, four, 500 feet per minute descent. I look behind my shoulder. Once the runway number is 45 degrees, I start my base turn. I add the second notches of flaps. I'm slowing the airplane down to about 100, 105 knots. I do not touch the power because I'm flying the airplane by the number. I adjust trim if I have to. Turning on final. I'm going to add my third degree of collapse and looking for a final approach speed, a speed of 85 knots. If I have a passenger, I ask them to watch the airspeed and call out if my airspeed falls below 80 knots that I need to take immediate action. And each legs of the flight, I'm also doing a guns check, gas undercarriage mixture prop and system, make sure the airplane is set up for landing. I also brief my go around that if for some reason, and I anticipate that every landing will have to result in a go around, if I'm happy, I'll land the airplane. So I always, always brief my go around, which goes like this. Okay. If for any reason we are not ready to land or the airplane is not ready to land, or it's not a stabilized approach, I am going to go around. I'm going to add full power, make sure that we stop the descent and then once we added full power, I'm going to establish a 7.5 pitch up uh, degree in my airplane and clean up the aircraft, which means immediately retract the landing gears. That creates the most drag in my airplane, so I want to get rid of that drag. So once I added full power and I, I have good airspeed and I established a 7.5 degree pitch up, landing gear comes up, one set of flaps come up. As I accelerate, I clean up the airplane and I fly straight ahead, runway heading. So that's our go around procedure. Okay, pilot friends, uh, I'm going to leave you with a couple of tips and uh, a couple of ideas to review from your POH uh, for your emergencies, and then we'll call it a wrap. Uh, I want to make sure that we'll keep these episode somewhere anyway, uh, around um, 10 to 15 minutes. So first of all, if you have an engine out emergency, think about what could be the cause: fuel, air and spark, right? So for an engine to run, you need fuel, you need air and you need sparks, right? So if you use that common sense and you understand a little bit about how your engine works, you can immediately take some actions, right? So without looking, at an uh, emergency checklist. I know that if I have an engine out, I'm going to check my fuel. So that means, you know, I can put my fuel pump on and switch tanks. Air, I can immediately switch to an alternate air. And for Spark, I can check my electrical system or, you know, the mags, make sure that I can check the right mag, left mag, and uh, make sure that I didn't accidentally turn those off. So you can see that without really looking at an emergency checklist, if I have an engine out, I can take immediate action. And see, these are the three things I need for an engine to run. I'll, let's use another example: an engine fire. So let's say we are at five, six thousand feet altitude, and all of a sudden you have an engine fire. Well, we know that for the fire we need fuel, so something that started the fire, and then also air. So what can I do? Well, I can immediately cut off the fuel, so I don't I don't fuel the fire, and then I can do a high speed uh, high speed dive if i do that that may blow the fire out again i don't have a full checklist in front of me but those are just a couple of things you can take immediate actions when you have a true emergency okay so where do you find these emergency procedures first of all if you have a checklist you have an abbreviated versions of that uh, you know i i use the checkmate checklist and the first page the the first page is the normal procedures, and on the backside, you have all kinds of emergency procedures. I would highly recommend to grab your POH and read through the emergency section. That's where you find your checklist, and there's also an amplified checklist that you can read through and you can learn a lot. Thank you again for listening to uh, my podcast. I really appreciate uh, you spending time with me. Several of you reached out to me, sent me text messages. That's really awesome. If you have any ideas or if there are certain topics you would like to hear, shoot me a text message or email me. My phone number is 614-787-8139. Or you can email fritzy at lifepilottraining.com. It's spelled Foxtrot, Romeo, India, Charlie, India at lifepilottraining.com. Well, happy holidays again to all of you. And remember, fly safe, train often. And here's a new model that I am going to start using. Train like a pro, fly like a pro. I really like that. Train like a pro, fly like a pro. Have a good day.